Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. So on last week's podcast, I was in the middle of a nor'easter. Well, the nor'easter had passed through the day before and uh, left a lot of damage, including the power out at our house. And I'd just been told by Dave that the electric company said the power might not come back on for another day and a half, which was just a horrifying prospect, Um, partly because... Our, uh, our house isn't really set up well for a sustained power loss, um, and partly because I always feel like a disaster calls for something from me uh, that I don't quite rise to, although I do my best. Enjoy the show. Inside Shaw's, it was dim and spooky. A handful of customers. Employees loaded meats and cheeses and other perishables from the display cases onto carts, trundling them into the back to be scanned and destroyed. The only lights on were those in the center of the store. Seeing all the empty shelves was perversely comforting, as my husband Dave and I had put most of our refrigerated food in the trash that morning. I prowled for stuff in cans and jars that could be spread on bread or cooked on a stovetop. We'd lost power the previous morning, along with most of the town, right during a local news update about power outages from the nor'easter, there was a great bang, and then darkness. It was probably my fault. I'd been feeling a bit too self-congratulatory about having escaped the worst effects of the storm. I thought... Oh, those poor people in Hull and Situate. But not as sincerely as I might have. The gods noticed, of course, and we joined the nearly half a million customers without electricity in Massachusetts. Nor'easters are beastly storms with lots of wind and rain that typically hit the upper east coast through the fall and winter. The moniker reflects the storm's direction. The weather systems originate in the south in the area from New Jersey to Georgia, and then move up the coast, intensifying as they go. By the time a genteel Georgia storm hits New England, it's a bundle of rage. On the first day, I figured the power would be restored within a few hours, as usually happens. The wind had other ideas. There were gusts of 70 to 80 miles per hour throughout most of the day taking down trees and power lines and making it impossible for repair crews to operate. Beyond keeping an eye on the five oak trees in our yard, they were losing leaves and branches, swaying but not toppling, I felt almost happy. There was an elemental joy in watching the storm and the loud windy whooshes that shook the house. Very few cars, none of the hum of lights and refrigerators and furnaces. It was a taste of a different time, devoid of the creature comforts of the internet age, a day calling for a pioneer girl spirit. I had been a pioneer girl, which is a Christian version of the Girl Scouts from fifth to eighth grades. Like the Girl Scouts, the pioneer girls had sashes and badges. Unlike the Girl Scouts, pioneer girls or their parents didn't have to sell cookies. I liked the name of the group. 
It reminded me of Laura Ingalls Wilder's novels. All that dipping of candles, churning of butter, and best of all, making maple candy in the snow. Lakes, woods, prairies, can-do girls who could make things. Pioneer girls pursued badges in sewing, cooking, hiking, gardening, swimming, air riflery, etc. My sash accumulated none of those, but there are also a few pity-slash-participation badges for clumsy girls like me. Memorization and books, for example. The overall point I was sometimes reminded by the group leaders was to develop skills and qualities that would be helpful in everyday and extraordinary situations, not to saunter into meetings with a sash full of buttons, pins, and badges. Fortunately, being a pioneer girl this week didn't require me to find an air rifle or nurture a seedling. I stayed useful by sorting out candles, flashlights, and fire starters. I distributed power packs to get our devices through the day, made spaghetti on the stovetop, set up a candlelight scrabble tournament that even our son, Sonny, enjoyed, put extra blankets on the beds and couches. The house got chilly fast, the wind died down, and without the hum of the lights and appliances, it was noisy for a quiet night. Every and thump of Capone the cat a 14-pound cat makes a mighty thump, startled me awake as he made his rounds upstairs, downstairs, and in my lady's chambers. The next day dawned, colder, still gray. A can-do pioneer girl would remind herself that at least we had hot water and a stovetop. I sourced a place with working electrical outlets so that we could charge our devices the library, which had power, along with hot coffee and pastries. I foraged at Shaw's for soup, chili, and peanut butter. Back home, stacking chili cans, I tried to ignore the chill and the lengthening shadows. We'd get through the evening one way or the other and have fun doing it by gum. Then the house filled with beeps and whines and buzzes as the lights and appliances turned themselves back on. I was overcome with relief and shame. Relief that I wouldn't have to smile through another frosty night, and shame that the smile so far had been forced, or at least not full-hearted. My pioneer girldom had disappeared the moment the clock on the microwave began blinking 12. I don't care, I told Dave. I'm turning up all the thermostats. Dave had been an indifferent Cub Scout and learned many of the same lessons. He was already online, immersed in a cycling video. Go right ahead, he said. Thanks so much for listening. So learning uh, more stuff about myself was always uh, the most valuable part of the experience of the storm, but visiting the library was the most fun part. There were so many people there and everybody was talking and you could see people's shoulders come down from their ears as they settled in to their seats and got warm and sipped the coffee and ate the donuts. It was the noisiest and busiest I've ever seen the library and I hope that everybody found a couple of books to take home as well. And I realized how ill-prepared we were to get through even a couple of days without power or at least 
cheerfully, and I resolved to look for a few things that would help in the next disaster, like a lamp that's powered by a battery or kerosene or something like that, that sort of thing. I wish I'd paid better attention in Pioneer Girls. You know, maybe I could have tried a little harder for those some of those uh, more useful badges rather than reading and memorization. So the question of my the week is, were you ever a scout or something similar? And did the badges you earned help get you through a crisis? I'd love to know. You can check out this podcast as a blog on my WordPress page. There's a link in the description box. And if you'd like to support this show, that would also be awesome. There's a button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>